Welcome to the Learn B12 Fast podcast, the podcast where we apply the science of mastering skills faster, stories of successful people, life hacking concepts, and other cool stuff to the sport of beach volleyball. If you're someone who is serious about getting better at the sport and wouldn't mind accelerating your learning curve and career with ideas that have been previously hard to find within the beach volleyball space, you'll probably like it in here. I'm Alex, the host of the podcast as well as the creator of the bigger Learn Beach Fall Fast project. Now, let's get started. What's up, I'm Alex, and welcome back to the podcast after a sort of a ridiculously long coronavirus pause, which was not intentional. Anyway, in this episode, we're going to go back and continue listening to mine and Johan Rinnisland's uh, conversation about basically all sorts of things that can accelerate your beach volleyball career, how to learn faster, how to plan your life to become a better player faster, etc., etc., which can be a very <laughs> helpful stuff. Uh, I'm sorry, Yuan, for this pandemic to have landed straight in between the launching of these episodes. I hope that people still remember something from the first episode and go ahead and listen to this one and uh, yeah, learn something new, get some new insights. All right, let's get started. There have been some famous cases of, of people uh, on the world tour. If you go to the national tours i'm sure it's the same if you look at the famous uh, american brothers bearded brothers uh-huh. they party uh-huh. but the way i look at it is if you take 1000 teams that party uh-huh. and 1000 teams that don't party and you give them a long time yeah. to develop as beach volleyball players what in what group will you have more uh, better players yeah, yeah. more successful players yeah. i mean for one individual sure you can yeah. party and probably have great success yeah you can skip uh, mental training you can skip a lot of things you can skip leg day <laughs> yeah but uh, if, if you have a thousand players over 10 or 20 years uh, the group with the people who uh, lift weights uh, don't party and do sports psychology will have a better chance yeah yeah i i agree with you there there's there's one of the videos on my youtube channel that you actually like this is the beach volleyball mindfuck yeah uh, that i i i'm gonna mention it here in the podcast because i think it's under underwatched. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure <laughs> i like the rabbit hole videos <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, and i i really think that you're on to so, like i think becoming a good beach volleyball player is a is a bunch of different things working together. Yeah. And I just believe that the sport as a whole is very underdeveloped. Yeah. Uh, like probably we're, I mean, I, I don't know, but maybe we're still very far away from seeing the perfect player. Like very, very far. For sure. Uh, and that, so it's kind of like the, you know, someone's healthy, but they smoke cigarettes for 50 years. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it does happen. Uh, but it doesn't mean that we should all do it <laughs> because uh, yeah. well, there's there's so many variables that even if you do one wrong, you might still be able to make it to the top of yeah. the world. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's good 
just because of that. And I, one one thing that uh, when when you take this up with people, they say, "But I need a good life. I need to enjoy things. I train so hard." That I need to enjoy things. I need to have a pizza. I need to have a smoke. I need to have some beers. My my take on that is, if you think you need those things, you're not doing your job, because you can make yourself enjoy things that are actually good for your beach volleyball career. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah. as I said in the beginning, slightly autistic, slightly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I super agree with that. I don't know if you... I think you... After this whole beachball project, I'm going to create a personal development project. And yeah. it's very much going down yeah. that line. I, I, I mean, think... you, you, can, you can train yourself uh, to uh, eat something health, healthy instead of a Snickers bar or whatever. You, it's your brain is telling you that a Snickers bar is the best thing you can eat when you're really hungry. Uh-huh. But I mean, you you can train your brain one hundred percent to making that Snickers bar an apple or a carrot or whatever. Yeah. Now some of my friends that might or might not hear this are gonna laugh when I say that I stopped eating sugar like three four years ago. Yeah. Which means that most of the time I've stopped eating sugar. Yeah. Uh, I've I don't like candy. It makes me sick. Yeah. And that's what happens when you stop. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, It was an experiment of mine. I was like, what would it be like if I just stopped eating candy and and sweets for a month or whatever? And my body just like retrained. And after when I tried, I was just like, this is disgusting. This is way too sweet, actually. (laughs) And now it's easy, right? Yeah. Now it's super easy. Definitely. And I now, now and then I eat candy just to try it out and I get stomach pains and yeah, then I stop. Yeah, <laughs> so now my body's working with me. Yeah, I haven't been able to. Uh, I want to, but uh, I stopped eating uh, gluten uh, stuff a couple of years ago, and so I'm working my way up to sugar. But I'm not trying to uh, win beach volleyball tournaments <laughs> anymore. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have a lot of food experience still left to run, but yeah. But that's the one that I really, really liked. Yeah. And liked the results of. Yeah. Uh, it, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, I, I think it's it's hard because the if, if you look at the people who, who actually succeed in getting really, really exceptionally good at sports, you look at, uh, for example, Slatan, uh, for example... Um, Karch Kirai in beach volleyball is is the perfect example. Mm-hmm. They are kind of weird people. <laughs> uh-huh. They have something that sort of sticks out. I mean, Karch wrote a book uh-huh. a long time ago. Uh, it's a long time. Uh, is it the autobiography or the beach volleyball one? Oh, I don't know. I, I think it's his biography. No, I'm not sure. Because he has two, at least, I think. Okay, I've only read one. Uh Maybe I'll have to pick up the other one, but he talks about how his training regime was, and it's 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 weird. I mean, normal people don't train the way he did. Um, so, uh, if if you want to become really really good, I don't think you can have a normal life and be a very social and uh, <laughs> appealing person. To yeah. be honest, I think there's sort of a. Uh, 
sometimes you have to pick one or the other. I mean, for for anyone, it's the choice between playing a tournament or going to someone's wedding. Yeah, yeah. Going out with your friends to a movie and uh, dinner or going to sleep early to be keen for practice in the morning. Yeah. It's yeah. always those choices. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's going to be those choices at one point or another. I, I think really that the hack to, to make it much, much, much easier is to start really seeing how much happiness it brings you, how much actual joy it brings to your life doing the, the practice or, yeah. um, you know, becoming better, like develop. A lot of it is about development. I think a lot of people misappreciate how fun it is to become a better human being, yeah. <laughs> better at skills. But I mean, there's there are so many choices. Xbox, PlayStation, it's, it's fun as hell. I mean, you can <laughs> spend days playing video games. You can, uh, you can fly to an exotic place. You can do whatever. I mean, yeah. there's, there are so many choices that just doing the same thing over and over gets boring for most people. And if you catch the right, maybe it doesn't get as boring as for, for other people. For him, it's it's that drive. I, I have to be the best. Do you want to hear a theory there? Sure. This is kind of from the Eastern philosophies. Like, I don't know exactly where, but I think it's from the book Mastery by George Leonard. And it's, yeah. uh, it talks about Aikido, I think. Yeah. Um, kind of like I talked before, you can see more possibility. The more you understand the skill and the sub sub levels of the same skill, yeah, you can start seeing more possibilities for your future. But also, the more details you have of a skill, accessibly, like you can access it mentally as you do the skill, the more interesting it becomes doing the skill. Yeah. So for me, in the beginning, when I practiced serve receive, I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, and I had no like nothing to focus on. I had no no clue what would give make me better or worse in service. Yeah. I hated it because all I saw was all the shank balls, and it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but then once you start getting actually something to work on, something yeah. interesting, and and maybe even sometimes explore. Like sometimes I just go to to practice with like a theory in mind and like I'm going to try this out today and see what what that leads to. And it almost never leads to exactly what I expected, but it leads leads to another like train of thought. And then I go down that train of thought. So all of a sudden just doing like hundreds of passing repetitions becomes like a self-exploration. Yeah. And it's actually a journey. Like it's it's a it can be an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> it can almost be like traveling, like going and to I think, new countries. I think looking at it like that is gonna help help you becoming better and uh, making you want to train more. Yeah, definitely. Because then it becomes really, really fucking fun to do yeah. these tedious reps. Yeah, uh, it's almost like. Uh, and I, I think the shift shift of mind uh, there also how you come how how you come into your training Saturday morning or Monday morning or whatever. If you go there thinking, "Oh, do I have to today?" Uh, I think it's going to be much less productive than if you go there and think. There's, uh, I mean, this uh, this example of uh, a family sitting at a eating dinner. 
and everyone's looking at their phone being grumpy uh-huh. you know the drill and then the yeah. day after the father in the family crashes his car and dies and they would give anything to have that one dinner back uh-huh. and be happy and talk to each other and be there in the moment uh-huh. and i think it translates to to training anything training beach volleyball uh if, if you can find that uh that mental state of going to practice thinking this is the shit this yeah. is the best i can do i love play, training beach volleyball monday morning before i go to work maybe uh-huh. then it will be much more productive yeah basically it's just about grabbing the opportunities yeah. that you have yeah. and using that is it P1440? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, 1,440 yeah. minutes a day, like grab them. I think uh, that's a really interesting interview. Um, what's his name? The, uh, Kerry Walsh was interviewed by um, the bars guy. <laughs> uh, you know the, Tom Billiou. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. on Impact there. He interviews uh, uh-huh. Kerry Walsh. Uh, during one of, of his podcast episodes, uh-huh. which is really interesting, um, so that's a that's a good listen. Okay, so uh, okay, so it's Impact Theory and Tom Bigley who interviews Carrie Walsh. Yes, and she talks uh, about these things. Okay, I don't know if I've seen that, but I should. Yeah, yeah. or listen to that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tom Bigley has done some good interviews. Do you think Carrie will uh, be able to qualify for another Olympics? Oh shit! You know, actually, you're you're asking like, because I know that you watch these pros so much, and yeah. you, know, you know, like <laughs> I, I, I'm just so out of that world. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I got into my uh, being the podcaster now. <laughs> exactly. I, I liked how you last summer you created a Facebook group that was like, it was something like beach volleyball discussions or something, yeah. and you just wrote like. I just need to create a group because I need to talk about beach volleyball <laughs> and yeah. discussion. Yeah. Have you been on Volley Talk? No. There's a there's an online forum, uh, online American one, Volley okay. Talk. And I was back in the days. So I was just looking for volleyball information. And I found this forum. I was like, yeah, it's great. It's a volleyball forum. Like I can ask questions and okay. get answers and stuff. Yeah. And I was like. What the fuck? They're only talking about games and whoever's gonna win and whoever's gonna partner. Who, yeah. who cares about yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been so into just like developing myself as a yep. player, which also should include more uh, watching the pros and, yep. and thinking yep. about those types of things. It yep. just hasn't been a part of my <laughs> yep. my journey so much yet. You touched upon um, beach volleyball not being. Uh a very developed sport that we will like most likely see players being much better in 10 20 50 or 100 years than they are now and i think one of the problems is that uh, and this touches on uh, anders eriksson's uh, research about uh-huh. deliberate practice uh-huh. as well uh, i probably anders eriksson for the americans <laughs> anders yes anders because he lives in the states but he's, yeah yeah he's Swedish, yeah I mean. yeah um that we don't know exactly what you have to do to become a world-class beach volleyball player today. There are a number of ways you can do it, and some may work for some, and some may not work for some. Uh, And what he says basically is that some of the older... 
um, things you can do, for example, classical music, playing the violin or the piano or uh, maybe some of the older sports, I don't know. Um, that they are so developed because they've been around for hundreds or thousands of years. So they have a lot of data of who becomes yes. good. And when someone wants to become good, you can basically go to a formula. You can go and say, yes, A, B, C, and D. If I do this and I do it really well, mm -hmm. I will become one of the best in the world, probably. Mm -hmm. But beach volleyball isn't uh, close to that. No, exactly. So I think when you're when when you start looking at teams, you have to be good at uh, making the, the distinction uh, of is this player good because of what he or she does here, or despite what she uh -huh. what he is doing here. Yeah. So I mean, this guy who's number one in the world, he goes out drinking beers after every tournament. Mm -hmm. Is he number one in the world because he drinks beer or despite yeah. him drinking beer? Yeah. So, exactly. And when you're starting out be, trying to become good at something, you're not going to be good at deciding what factors that you should uh, take for yourself. So uh -huh. it, it's, it's a yeah. problem, I think. Yeah, yeah definitely. And here, in, in that uh, comes all the... We are drawn to people who sort of present a, a great exterior. The one of the examples is the the coach who looks good, has the right stuff on, uh, and talks the great talk. Uh -huh. He will have more of an appeal probably uh, to young new players than uh -huh. someone who's standing with dorky glasses and uh, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. you know where I'm going. And then you can actually get a data problem because if yeah. all the good players go to that coach, yeah. then that coach has the good yeah. players, which yeah. then people it yeah. becomes a self fulfilling yeah. prophecy type of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I I love going uh, against things. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, so sometimes if I coach uh, like here in Gothenburg, I've been coaching, and I know that I'm just here for a short period of time. Sometimes I like uh, I like deliberately teaching people things that I know others will not teach, just because at least they will it will get them thinking. Like if yeah. I just have one practice for a group to maybe create some sort of impact, at least I can get them thinking so that in the long term they might get something out of it. Yeah. Anyway, on that note, uh, alcohol. I yeah. had an interesting insight last weekend. Uh, I was a little bit drunk on Saturday, yeah. and then the finals were on um, on Sunday. Yeah, and I went there, and I wasn't hungover, but I had this like tiredness, uh, this drunk tiredness. Yeah, and it was actually really interesting to serve receive because I ended up playing games where I had no no stamina. Like I I got very out of breath very quickly because yeah. I was well tired. Yeah. Uh, but service was really interesting because I had this like relaxedness. Yeah. Uh, that was, it's it's just like some sort of feeling all over your body that somehow you don't really care, but but you still want to try to do something. So then your body somehow figures things out. Yeah. Also, maybe, maybe, maybe there could be like alcohol does connect people. Yeah. Like you do create friendships and and. And stuff like that. So, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. 
is is there do you think is there any benefit with with alcohol or any benefit with i i think i mean it, it sounds like i'm very uh one or zero here uh if you know what i mean uh but the I'm not putting you on the spot here. No, but, I'm basically just like wanting to brainstorm yeah. because sometimes these kinds of discussions yeah. leads to something very interesting. I think that the um, drinking beer, drinking alcohol can have several good things uh, come out of it, of course. But I think that if the sole goal of your existence is to become the best beach volleyball player ever uh-huh. or that you can ever be... Uh-huh. I don't think alcohol should be in there. Mm-hmm. I think you should find another way to get the benefits that you now get from alcohol. Uh-huh. So you figure out why do I why do I uh, why do I make better uh, service eve when I had a, a couple of beers the night uh-huh. before? It's because I'm relaxed. So when I do my normal service eve, am I tense in some way? Am I nervous? Uh-huh. And find, yeah, okay, so how can I relax without drinking the beer? Because mm-hmm. as you said, the be- beers had some other negative impact on, on yeah. your yeah. play. Yeah, Ex- absolutely. absolutely. So, I mean, how, how can I train myself to be calm uh, when I service it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, yeah, the, the interesting, sometimes you have to, uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to like experience something to be able to something you understand like conceptually. You have to also experience, yeah. Uh, and then you have this like aha moment, like yeah. oh, that's how it actually works. Yeah. And I was thinking when I was a little bit hungover and and had this relaxation feeling in my service team yeah. that I would try to like take a mental snapshot of what this feels like and yeah. try to bring it with me. Yeah. Uh, which I usually can do very well with drills. Yeah. Uh, like I, that's kind of, well, that's a deep topic, but that's kind of the sole purpose of drills. I think in yeah. a, in one way is to find feelings and aha moments and then bring them to the game. Yeah. Uh, but now I realize when I said all of this that I wasn't able to do that with the uh, with the hangover passing. Yeah. Because. It's like a different, <laughs> like I know what it's like to be too relaxed and I know what it's like to be too tense in service when I'm sober. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't, the magic I thought I would be able to find, I, I wasn't able to find. <laughs> yeah, I mean, by yourself or with a great coach, you can probably find a setting where you drill or you play games or whatever, where you can force yourself to relax during service you can mm-hmm. say, for example, I don't care where the ball goes. I, I'm just going to relax. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. And I mean, just just to be clear, I'm not saying that no one should drink alcohol or whatever. <laughs> it's And I, I think, to be honest, to be like I touched upon earlier, if you want to be a, like a nice, good, uh, decent person, maybe you shouldn't try to be the best beach volleyball player in the world because those two might not go together as well. Maybe not, yeah, maybe. But, and we used to do silly stuff back in the day as well. I mean, I lost a, a king in training once and I had to 
uh, run naked out into the soccer field that was right next to the courts <laughs> and do 10 push-ups in the um, uh, circle in the middle. <laughs> and just when I'd done my 10th, the start, people started coming because there was a big game <laughs> that was supposed to start. So I had to run back naked. But uh, that's not a lot, what I was going to say. Um, I lost my train of thought here. Um, yeah. Always put the word if in front. If you want to be the best beach volleyball player that you can be. And that's the only thing that matters. Uh-huh. You have to do certain things. And yeah. Yeah. That's that's the bottom line. Yeah. If you want to be a normal, decent, good, cool person. And at the same time, try and be pretty good at beach volleyball. Yeah. yeah. That works as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not in any way. I actually don't drink too much alcohol. I do it like I find it most fun if you do it like three times a year, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> because that's uh, I feel like you get the, I feel like you get the same amount of fun from alcohol per year. Yeah, <laughs> when you can just choose how many times you <laughs> you yeah. spread it out on. Almost, it's not exact science math, but I mean, if to go deeper, I mean. Um, for up-and-coming players, economy is always an issue. Mm-hmm. And I mean, people don't... I, I think that people don't really see the connection between... I, I sleep in a tent before an important tournament instead of taking into a hotel and getting a good night's sleep. But I go out uh, and spend a lot of money on, on uh, mm-hmm. drinks and beers. Yeah. So, I mean... There's there's multiple layers. To, there's a to, disconnect. To yeah, and yeah, yeah. That's. I'm, I think I'm gonna do a separate podcast uh, just about that. It's opportunity cost, yeah. like actually seeing what you are doing with your time and yeah. money and energy. And and I mean the 15 or 16 episodes that I did for the Swedish uh, uh, beach volley podcast. A big part of it was talking about what I did when I was active and all the mistakes I made uh, uh-huh. and this was one big one uh, spent a lot of money when I went out partying and then I slept in a tent <laughs> okay yeah or yeah. I was constantly nagging that we didn't get enough sponsors or that the club didn't uh, give us enough money and uh-huh. so. it's basically energy spent in yeah. maybe not optimal place yeah. interesting you know what? I have this paper here with a bunch of questions for you, and I haven't even touched it yet. <laughs> that's good. I, I think that's good. <laughs> uh, I was like, because I had I had everything lined up here in this paper except the introduction question. Yep. So then I made up an introduction question, and then we've been going on ever since. <laughs> All right. So let's jump into these questions. Actually. The intro is done. One hour, 15 minutes or something. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the re- Actually, this is... The question is, what made you start the Swedish Beach Volleyball podcast? And the reason I'm starting this podcast is that I wanted to have a format where I can go have longer discussions, go more yeah. in depth, because people that are watching YouTube, well, you have to sit in front of your computer, so... You yeah. can't just listen to it on the go while you're on the way to work or whatever. So it's much easier to actually make long form, yeah. um, which I guess I just proved with yeah. a one hour, 15 minute intro. <laughs> but 
So you're the first one that ever actually took the decision to, I mean, anyone can start a podcast uh, of anything, basically, but you were the, the person that like, hey, Sweden needs to be 12 podcast. I actually put quite a lot of thought into why I was, uh, I, why I started it. Um, and there were, let's see if I remember them, but one uh, big thing was to sort of try and bring the Swedish beach volley community uh, one extra thing that brings the community closer Mm -hmm. um, and maybe get people talking more about beach volleyball uh, spreading it um, and uh, one of them was I can't even remember my three reasons one of them was, the third one was to, that uh, I have sort of a long-term maybe dream of working with personal development, sports coaching, uh-huh. psychology stuff and having that as what I do. Yeah. And I thought uh, a podcast would be a good way of sort of exploring that. Yeah. It's all, it's all practice. And, yeah. And I mean... Yeah, we wouldn't be talking without you having started right. things. Yeah, so it's already there's all, always thing. all sorts of benefits. And yeah, that's I mean that's the part of the reason with my project too. Like yeah. I'm I'm a guy that's trying to learn the sport, and I realized yeah. that if I share some things that maybe people learn from, well, that might lead to something that might lead to something that yeah. who knows what that will yeah. mean. So I think that's a I think that's a good reason. Definitely. The next question here is, uh, this is something we discussed a little bit before, which is uh, short-term thinking in beach volleyball. I think it's a very interesting topic of how people in general don't really plan too much, don't really think things through, don't really... (laughs) I don't know if it's laziness or ignorance or... Uh, maybe it's just, I mean, maybe it's just lack of uh, exposure to ideas sometimes. Part of it, part of it uh, I think, is uh, just basic pack mentality. You do what you see others do. Uh-huh. I mean, when I started out, people would, our practices, they weren't the same every time. We started peppering. Uh, for we peppered for a long time we peppered for maybe a half an hour or 45 minutes okay and then we had uh, in spike for maybe 15 minutes and then we played games for an Uh hour that was every practice every time okay (laughs) interesting (laughs) for uh, several years Um, and I mean I I think it's that's uh, obviously sort of uh, dense example but uh, I, I think it's the same with everything else you go to the players who were good when you started playing you look at them and what they do and mm-hmm. if they do something good or bad doesn't really matter you do it anyways yeah yeah exactly yeah. so and I mean there aren't that many beach volleyball players who are 22 years old wanting to go to the world tour of the Olympics who sit and think about the things that we are talking about now no. no. And you probably should if yeah. you want to improve your chances of, of getting accomplishing your goals. 
at least I can see in my life ever since I started planning things. Yeah. Like, planning with a hint of salt. Like having visions and actually thinking yep. things through. It's not always that things go the way you plan or that you know exactly how something's going to happen. But yep. yeah, at least you have an idea. Yeah. At least you have a vision. At least you have some thought put into it. I think one of the uh, things that's really hard in beach volleyball is uh, to uh, quantitatively uh, measure uh, improvement. Uh-huh. To sort of, uh, if if you run uh, 100 meters, for example, you can always just measure the time it takes you to run and see yeah. if you become better. As a beach volleyball player, I think it's hard to to see that, okay, I improved my uh, service received 10% uh, over the last two months. I'm doing something right. Let's continue doing this. Or Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of swaying variables. <laughs> yeah. That can be very day-to-day. Yeah. And, it's, um, it's very fluffy to, to actually see if you've improved. Someone yeah. who hasn't seen you in a year might see you and say, yeah, you've really improved. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I, I think I think that would be very beneficial to incorporate into uh, every training. I mean, today we're gonna do two hundred uh, serve receives. We're gonna score. We're gonna do uh, uh, minus zero or plus, depending on how good uh-huh. it is, and see how many of those two hundred were pluses. And then next practice, do the same thing and. Over a long period of time, see if it improves. Yeah, yeah. But there are also variables making it difficult. Uh, same server, tougher serves, wind, wind, yeah. rainy day. Yeah. But still, I think something is better than nothing in that uh, yeah. department. So. And then also, I think sometimes when you change techniques, you become worse at first, and yeah. then after a while, you yeah. get better. So yeah, uh, you need to. Trust the process of that technique yep. change and, and be fine with worse numbers for now. And yep, for sure. That. But but it it's, of course, I can see a lot of benefit in it actually when you're done with the technique change. Yep. Did it make a difference? Yep. Or do you just think it makes a difference? Which yep. can give a lot of confidence and confidence can, can win games. <laughs> so it's... One really good thought experiment that I like is uh, what if... Um, companies, uh, corporations uh, did their planning the way beach volleyball players uh, plan their practices. <laughs> it wouldn't turn out very good, right? No. I no. mean, they, they have deadlines. They have exact goals. We need to sell this much or we need to have this product done by and then an exact date. I mean, taking a beach volleyball uh, group, uh, people who want to become better, if they s- say that by December 1st, I need to be able to pass uh, 85% perfect balls. No one ever does that. No. Would it improve your chances of getting better? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, interesting. interesting. I need to. I need to uh, jump uh, five centimeters higher by the end of next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do I want to do that? Yeah, okay. So these four weeks, I need to do this. These next four weeks, I need to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And evaluate along the uh, along the along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See if it's if it's possible. Or... But it takes energy to do that. It's it's much easier to just show up for practice and swallow whatever your coach says. Of of course, of course it is. 
And for some people, that's what they want. Mm -hmm. But back to the question, if you want to become the best beach volleyball player you can be. Yeah, exactly. Then maybe. Exactly. Yeah, I I had this really interesting conversation a couple of months ago with with a player, uh, a quite high level player. And she said uh, that it had clicked for her uh, when she realized that you can go and do reps or you can go and actually do reps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there was a story that a coach up in Umeå, where I'm from, had, had told her uh, about this swimmer that had said that the difference for his or her swimming career was when, I don't know if it was a guy or girl, but when he started really feeling the water in the whatever you call them, like every kick and every drag you, you take with yeah. your arms, like you really feel the movement and you feel where the water is and how you actually get as much water drag with you as possible. Yeah. And uh, it's it's probably something I learned quite early from the inner game of tennis and starting to think yeah. that way, uh, to really like be conscious of what you're doing and yeah. why you're doing it and really have a plan with your practice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's amazing how <laughs> how many people don't have that. Yeah, and I I think I've been doing this so long now, and I study details so much that I think I can tell. I, I mean, I may be wrong all the time, but I think I can tell uh, who in a training group is there to actually improve, and who's there just to be able to say afterwards that I did the trading. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's obviously uh, cutting it very black and white. Yeah. But um, I I, I think I can tell who's who's really there to damn improve. I mean, really, really damn improve. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I had this. I had this uh, hack I used to teach. I sometimes teach it when I remember it. Uh, I was once in a. We had a standing coach, mm-hmm. who was known to not give so much feedback. Yeah. Uh, but this particular practice, I got a lot of feedback from this coach, and afterwards, everyone was like, "What the fuck? Like, how did you get so much feedback?" Yeah. And I literally told them that whoever asks most questions gets the most answers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's literally my what I teach to people. I coach sometimes if it's a big group and I know I won't have time for everyone. Yeah, I literally tell them whoever asks yeah. most questions will get most answers. Yeah, because <laughs> then me as a coach, I know exactly what's going on in your mind. I don't need to yeah. guess. I can answer your direct questions, and yeah, it's just easier to coach when it's like that. And yeah. And whoever you help is going to help you back. And basically, you're helping the coach when you're asking questions. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, training with that, the, the level of focus, I mean, that, for example, Anders Eriksson again talks about the, that level of focus makes training hard. You will be tired, not just uh, in your body, but uh, mentally tired after training two hours like that, which is also a skill that you can you can sort of train yourself to be able to focus intently uh, for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of, I, at least a couple of times I've gotten that reaction, wow, this is really hard training like this when I uh, sub in for another coach and uh, hold, hold uh, training sessions for people. 
because they're not used to really putting their mind to it and putting their focus in. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I mean, I, I, I may be overstating this, but I, I think it's something there at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely something there. Uh, there, there's a part of me that wants to go back to that Eastern philosophy and say that it can actually be very inspiring to be that focused yeah. because you yeah. actually get a lot of value from yeah. it. But at the same time, as I say that, I also can say that, yeah, I probably don't myself have that intense focus for a whole practice. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe it goes away. Yeah. I think I always have some sort of consciousness of something that I'm working on. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, I think that's the key also. You have to become good at stepping in and stepping out of that focus because uh -huh. I don't think I, th I don't think it's possible maybe to be there for two hours. Maybe not. So yeah. when you go to drink, when you go to do some, I mean, there's always breaks during training. Uh -huh. But going back to Carrie Walsh, uh, I, I think she's the one who always, uh, when she gets on court, if it's a training session or a, or a match, she always takes a little hop over the sideline, uh, which is her way of going into the mental state of now I'm Kerry, the beach volleyball player, and I'm going to be this and that focused, uh, okay. strong, uh -huh. whatever. And there's a number of examples I could uh, I could get of, of people who have these sort of mental uh, tricks to get into the the focused uh, state uh-huh yeah interesting so i think you have to be good at uh, going back and uh, yeah in and out and i mean almost like a personality change yeah like yeah instant yeah and i mean that's do you do you in in the game do you try to stay in focus uh, between points or do you go in and out for some people the uh, one solution might be better and for other people yeah. the other solution might be better yeah uh-huh interesting that's uh that makes a lot of sense one of these questions that i was really stoked to ask you so i need to take this before we go too long and i don't have time to ask you <laughs> you're as far as i understand you're you're the person in sweden right now that has there's co courses for coaches yeah um so you basically teach coaches how to be a coach yeah uh, i want to know what you have learned from having these courses it's kind of a weird question but no, it's like it. it's not what what you're teaching it's it's more like has there been really good conversations or discussions during this this coaching courses that you have like had aha moments from or or have you just had an aha moment of the the general state of whoever wants to become a mutual <laughs> coach? Or is there any sort of... Um, I'm, I, I, the first thing that I think of is probably that there it's... it's when you've done something for 30 years, it's always going to be hard to remember how little you knew in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, maybe particularly, that has been hard to sort of realize. To jump uh, into their shoes? or A little bit, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm not saying I'm the all-knowing father of uh, beach volleyball, but I've, I've, I've read a lot and uh, I've, I've watched a lot and I've played uh-huh. a lot. Uh, maybe cut this out afterwards. <laughs> 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 I think whoever is listening to this and, and is not going to agree with that, you have seemed to <laughs> be doing some thinking. Yeah, but I mean, people think about problems in very different ways. And beach volleyball is basically a set of problems that you you want to solve. Uh-huh. And people think about them very differently. Yeah, definitely. So... Is there... When you say that, what comes to my mind is, is straight away like people's past experiences in life, whatever they work with or some other sport they have done, and sort of the solutions that they use there, and then they usually try to bring those types of solution-solving mechanisms into the sport. Does that make sense to you? Maybe. It's not something that I've seen very much. For me, it's more that I I, I have a feeling that people's sort of bullshit meter would uh, kick in uh, sooner because there are people who talk about beach volleyball that don't know what they're talking about uh-huh i mean we all do that sometimes yeah definitely but uh i sometimes i feel like some things should be obvious when they're not uh-huh i see uh, and that it it goes back to the sunburnt uh, guy with the right clothes uh, saying he's the greatest coach ever. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe it's the nerdy guy with the glasses who's actually the best coach. Maybe we'll never know. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> we, someday. people are interested. That would be one takeaway from uh, from holding the courses. When I talk about sports psychology and. Uh, how to become good at anything people are really interested most of the time mm-hmm. not everyone i've had one guy fall asleep during, <laughs> during <laughs> my course once but uh, <laughs> he wanted to get better at sleep so yeah. he thought why, why don't i just practice no, this most, most of the time people are, are really interested um, the problem i think is that um it, it and i mean when you go do something like that, when you go to uh, uh, someone giving a, a speech, you get inspired and it feels cool and you think, yeah, this is the thing. But two weeks later, there's most of the, 95 plus percent of the time you haven't done any real change. You got inspired for a short while, uh-huh. but you didn't change anything in the long term. Yeah. And so, I, I, so you feel that effect with the courses? I mean, I've... I think that if the people who are there take away one or two or three or five or ten things from them, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's the goal of the course. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we all, we all work that way. If I read a, a psychology or a personal development book, for example, yeah, I'm not going to remember everything. I'm no, not going to understand no. everything. No. So it's almost like because this is. A little bit of a problem I have with the, with beach volleyball too. It's like you need to understand something, one thing, and then you need to practice it. Yeah. And it's so that it becomes something that you actually understand, and then yeah. you can take the next one. Yeah. But if you overload, you have fifteen million things at once that you try to learn. Well, you're gonna pick one of them and learn it, and then the rest you forget. Yeah. So it's almost like 
do you think it would be more effective to have a coaches course that would be like over a whole semester or something and it would be like two hours and then you know then you let them try it out for a couple of weeks and then two hours more and yeah well of course i mean the more time you could spend together the more situations you could uh, put put them in end up in and you could have more discussions and stuff i mean the courses i i teach are either one day or two days uh-huh so it's not i mean i thought of it when i was head coach in uh, here in gothenburg i had that as an experiment thought that uh, i was hoping that i could do to go with the other coaches for uh like during the during the week during the normal uh-huh. uh, coaching sessions but i mean it takes time and yeah. uh, no, so I, I was basically easy. thinking if you took the same hours as from the course, okay. like a weekend, and then you split up those hours and had them two hours here, two hours there, but it's it's evened out over a longer period of time so that people can learn something, try it out, learn yeah. something else, try it out. Sure, I mean, it's, it's, it's probably easier to learn one thing week number one and then learn another thing week number two and so on. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's still good. I mean, the, we going back to the question: if you want the best uh, beach volleyball coaches in the world, you would have constant, uh, yeah, long of uh, drilling of coaches. Of course, but something is better than nothing. Yeah. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening, and I hope it provided you with some stimulation of your volley nerd brain. Uh, Anyway, we're going to continue the conversation with Yuan in the next episode, so I hope I see you.